Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cinema Soft Underbelly. I'm your host, Eugene Weaver. And if you're listening, then you should know that this show is all about horror science fiction, fantasy, gems in the rough, grindhousey stuff, stuff that I like, and I want to bring them to you. Uh, so today, I'm going to continue on with my best of 2016. Uh, last episode, I talked about um, my honorable mentions. And I will just go uh, on record as saying I actually missed one, which uh, which I'm very very embarrassed to say. So um, there's going to be one more honorable honorable mention before I actually delve into the uh, the top ten. Uh, so anyway, um, you know I'm going to try to get through the top ten in my usual thirty minute runtime. But if I see that I'm uh, blabbering on too long, then uh, I'll just uh, cut it short and split up my top 10 with uh, this episode and uh, the next one, which should probably be up next week. Uh, I love doing these top 10 lists, so I'm more more uh, up for recording every week when I'm doing stuff like this. So anyway, without further ado, Eugene's 10.5 best horror movies of 2016. Point five, um, I, and I ended last uh, episode with Ouija 2 as being my almost making the top 10. Well, let's just cut that right in half and let's add, um, let's say that 11 is, um, there's 11 and then 11.5. Well, 11.5 is The Autopsy of Jane Doe, and I can't believe I missed this movie, that I forgot to include uh, that movie on the uh, top 10 list for me. So anyway, I did a uh, write-up on our Movie Freaks Facebook page, so you can find my my thoughts uh, on this movie over there. It's not quite best of the year, but uh, this is a very, very solid uh, Twilight zone type horror movie, uh, most of which is set in one room, but they pull it off uh, brilliantly. Brian Cox is in it, Emile Hirsch is in it, they do a great job. The uh, director, Andre Avradale, I believe, he also made uh, Troll Hunter, which I thought was a, uh, an enjoyable found footage movie. But uh, this is really good, and I like how crazy it gets towards the end. It uh, very much had a, a little bit of uh, the Stephen King novella and the movie uh, 1408 uh, kind of going on in there too, maybe? Uh, check it out. Great movie. It's uh, streaming now. Okay, now let's get into Eugene's official top 10. And uh, this was quite difficult for me to uh, to arrange these accordingly. In fact, literally seconds before I uh, hit record, I actually swapped out um, two of them because I, uh, I'm like, ah, you know what, that should be higher and this one here should be maybe a little bit lower. And some of that comes from from rewatching, uh, there's a there's a few of these movies. Uh, looking, yeah, a couple of these movies that I've watched twice, and that's literally uh, changed, I guess, my viewpoint on the movie. Um, uh, so anyway, without further ado, the top ten coming in at number ten is The Shallows. This movie, um, 
I've only watched once, so this is one of those that could definitely uh, change positions, I guess, uh, the, the more I watch it. And this is certainly one that I will be revisiting easily. Um, very much a surprise for me. I was not expecting a whole lot from it. PG-13 rated movie. Um, pretty much with uh, one character. There's a, there's a few other characters that show up. Uh, but this movie excels brilliantly in the heightened tension of this shark circling uh, Blake Lively as the actress in the movie. But the tension keeps getting higher and higher. And a lot of people have complained about the ending, which goes a little bit more, I don't want to say exploitation, but just a little bit more of your standard shark attack type, uh, the tropes of something like that. Uh, but you know what? The movie is so incredibly shot. It's beautiful, the HD quality of this movie. And Blake Lively is really good in it. The uh, underwater scenes are, are great. Um, that I didn't mind when it got really action heavy towards the end. And we actually see a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of the shark. So I really liked it. Yes, it goes, it really goes kind of nuts towards the end, but it worked for me. I definitely checked this one out. There's even a little bit of a Wilson, uh, side story going on with Blake Lively and this, uh, this, uh, seagull. You watch it and you'll know what I mean, but it, it was a, it was a really, really good movie, and um, because of how incredibly well shot the movie was and the, uh, the great acting job by Blake Lively. And another thing that I really liked about this movie is how they incorporated uh, texting into the movie. I really liked that aspect of it, and in, the, in today's day and age, especially in a situation like that, you are going to want to use your phone if it, if it works at all. And so how they utilized that and brought that to the screen, I really liked. I thought that was really cool. So anyway, moving on, um, this one here, um, I've only, again, the, the next one, two, th the next four, I've only watched once. So, and actually after that, it's funny, after that, all the rest of them I've watched uh, twice, I believe, and that might be why they're up further. But number nine is American Guinea Pig Bloodshock. And of all of the movies on my list, this one affected me the most, uh, mainly just because of how harsh the uh, subject matter uh, was. Um, it's um, shot in black and white. And I did a full write-up on Movie Freak's Facebook page as well for this one. And um, I talk about this movie on Movie Freaks as well. But talking about it a little bit on my own show which this fits perfectly with Cinema Soft Underbelly. Uh, Marcus Koch directed this, and uh, it's a sequel. Not a sequel, but it's a continuation of the American Guinea Pig series that started with uh, uh, Bouquet of Guts and Gore. This one here is uh, a lot more artistic, you could say, shot in black and white, about a man that is uh, trapped in this makeshift prison-slash-hospital where he is operated on, or tortured, whatever you want to call it, uh, for reasons that you have to watch the movie to get. It is, needless to say, it is uh, extremely disturbing and unsettling and very, very well made. Uh, honestly, one of the only complaints I have about the movie is the lead actor, uh, this is no spoiler, he gets his tongue cut out pretty much first thing in the movie, so 
There you go. But I I wish that his name is Dan. The actor's name is Dan Ellis, and he's a nameless person. Everybody's nameless in this movie. But uh, I I kind of wish he would have showed a little bit more pain with the insane things that were going on to him from this crazy doctor and his uh, his orderlies or staff or whatever. Uh, but he, for what it's worth, that is a minor minor complaint in what is a truly shocking movie as things get ramped up uh, more and more throughout the movie we finally get to the closing 10 minutes that turn into full color which really is so jarring that it works um making it all the more upsetting and unsettling and disgusting i really like this movie this one here uh, there's actually one other one on this list that I would say is similar to this in that it's going to be a very, very dividing movie where it's probably you're either going to really love it or you're probably going to hate it. And that would be th – this is one of those. American Guinea Pig Bloodshock is probably one where it's catering to a certain crowd and if you are not that crowd, you probably are not going to like this movie. I loved it. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching that one again. I could even see that one climbing the list. Okay, number eight. Moving right along here at a fairly slow pace, but I'm getting through these, is Conjuring Part 2. And a lot of these, you know, if, if you listen to other podcasts, top ten, especially horror podcasts, some of these are going to be overlapping because this was a really good year for horror, I think. There's a... I mean, literally, like, even my honorable mentions, I had to cut some off of the honorable mentions that could have been put on there as well. So there's a lot of solid horror movies out there, and I'm uh, I'm hoping that 2017 brings even more. And in today's uh, political climate, it seems like um, the rougher things are in politics and world events, uh, the more artistic people get, and the, the, the more the movies uh, show creative talent. And that's just my personal opinion. I guess we'll see <laughs> very soon. So number eight, uh, Conjuring 2 is uh, James Wan's uh, sequel to obviously The Conjuring. Uh, Vera Farmiga is in it. Patrick Wilson, who I think is a fantastic actor. He does a bang-up job in Fargo Season 2. If you have not seen Fargo Seasons 1 and 2, please buy the Blu-rays. They are worth every penny. They are fantastic. Some of the best television that I have seen in years. In fact, I would put that um, close to the top of the list of best TV shows I've seen in probably the past five years. Uh, great stuff. Anyway, um, my one complaint about Conjuring 2, and it really truly is scary, is, and, and a lot of other reviewers have said it as well, the bloated runtime of two hours and 14 minutes is just insane. Uh, Having said that, this is still great, and I wasn't bored, uh, but there's just a lot going on, and easily a half hour could have been cut out of it, and uh, we wouldn't have lost the main, uh, the main points of this movie. But I will say for its credit, even at that long run time, it's still very, very good, and I, uh, I unlike The Wailing, which I was on my honorable mentions, that is a good movie. Um, this had a bit more reasoning to me to be a little bit longer because there's a lot of story going on. Uh, but um, ah, you could have split it up and uh, maybe made the, the opening. The opening of this movie is so fantastic. That could have been 
The Conjuring 2. Just extend that to 85 minutes. And then uh, the second half of the movie, which is really good too, have that part three. And there you go. Then Now you've got a, a trilogy of just awesomeness because I loved Conjuring 1. This is a really, really scary movie. The, um, the Marilyn Manson non-looking creature thing is great. Uh, Got to see it. Tons of great scares. And, uh, and it's very, very, very well made. I'm impressed. I love uh, to have seen the progression of James Wan from uh, his beginnings with Saw and Death Sentence and even Dead Silence to, uh, to where he is now. He's, a, he's an A-lister director now. And uh, rightly so. He makes good movies. Check out Conjuring 2. Uh, very worthy of an addition to the top 10 best horror movies of the year. Number seven is Don't Breathe. This is, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Betty Alvarez's follow-up to his fantastic Evil Dead remake. Um, that is one of my favorite horror movies of the past probably ten years. I love Evil Dead remake. I've watched that movie, that horror movie, more than any other new horror movie I can think of in the past I don't know how many years. That came out in 2013. I've seen that movie so many times, and I, it doesn't get old to me. It's so good. And I think this is another director that is going to be going major, major places. Um, he already is. I mean, this, this Don't Breathe is a great movie, and it did an incredible bank. So expect more from, uh, from him. In fact, the budget was un slightly under $10 million and it grossed almost 90 in the United States uh, alone. So, bravo. Um, this is the home invasion type movie, but kind of flipped on its head. And um, I, there's not a whole lot of people to root for in it, which is okay. The tension is at times almost unbearable. I like the fact that the blind man, this is basically about a group of... A, a trio of uh, home invaders, thieves that break into this uh, this blind man's house because he supposedly has a bunch of money. You'll have to watch the movie to see why he has a bunch of movie staff, a bunch of money stashed in his house. That really, really ties into the plot progression. Um, Jane Levy, by the way, is our lead breaking and entering lady and she has her own reasons for doing what she's doing. The, uh, the cool part about this movie is Stephen Lang is the blind guy and he was the rough and tough soldier guy from avatar. And he's kind of that in this as well. Proof that you can be an old guy and still be ripped. Cause that guy is intimidating, very intimidating, uh, with his white eyes and he's kind of ripped and he's old and blind and, ugh. uh, but there's a couple scenes in the movie that I'm not going to even give them away. If you haven't seen them, you'll, you'll see that I was like, ooh, okay, they're, they're really going for it now. Uh, it's not going to rewrite the definition of home invasion, but it's a really solid, fast-paced, uh, creepy movie. Creepy. Uh, it scared me. Uh, so big thumbs up. Okay. Now we get to the one that I actually dropped on the list a bit. This was actually higher than uh, than where it is now, uh, but 
I had to rearrange some things. And that is They're Watching. From 2016, of course, uh, directed by Micah Wright and Jay Lender. And uh, this was one that popped up on Netflix, and my co-host Eric Marner watched it. And he was like, dude, you might want to watch this. Really. And I did. And I'm like, this is awesome. This is great. And I have been a fan of found footage uh, ever since... Uh, actually, I was going to say ever since Blair Witch, but I would say ever since... Uh, Cannibal Holocaust. I've been a fan of, of, if you do it right, it can still be a viable and uh, worthwhile medium for, for telling a story. Obviously, it's been done to death, but there are still those gems that pop up every now and then. They're watching is certainly one of them. It uh, It's another one of those where things keep getting built up more and more and more and more and more to the point of uh, almost unbearable tension, and then it just goes for it. The end is so great. I actually rewound the last 10 minutes or so. I can't wait to watch this movie again. It's uh, it's a, probably another one that I could see not everybody liking uh, again because of the found footage aspect would be one of the first reasons. But uh, it worked for me. It worked fantastic. I thought it was great. It uh, it follows a, uh, a film crew that are, oh, what country are they? And there's some Eastern European country, and there there's a, a home improvement television show. Basically, is what they're doing, and uh, they're they're interviewing this lady that kind of lives on the outskirts of town, and how she renovated her house. Meanwhile, the townsfolk are acting really, really odd, and 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 they're watching them. And then you find out why as things progress and then things just go straight to hell. Roll credits. I loved it. It was great. Can't wait to watch that one again. Uh, in fact, that's one that I, it's probably still on Netflix, but that's one that I enjoyed enough to where if that would ever get a Blu-ray release, I'm not sure if it has one yet or not. I would probably buy that just to have the off chance that they would it would leave Netflix. Like the uh, uh, – that uh, – Deborah Logan, The Taking of Deborah Logan, I think that was what it was called, that used to be on Netflix, and I loved that movie, and now it's it's not on Netflix anymore, which, ah, I'm ready to watch it again. So, they're watching. Check it out. Good movie. Number five is, um, oh, wow, this is one where I watched this, um, I watched it the second time, the first time I watched it in the theater, and I was, eh, okay, um, but... Upon rewatching it at home uh, and being able to control the volume a little bit more, I was able to understand more of it and appreciate more of it. And it uh, it officially has made my top ten. At first, it probably wouldn't have, but uh, the home viewing sealed the deal. And that is Green Room, uh, directed by Jeremy Solnier, who also made Blue Ruin and Murder Party. Anton Yelchin in one of his final roles. Imogen Poots is in this. Uh, and, of course, Patrick Stewart is in this as well. Great movie. Uh, punk rock group gets uh, witnesses a murder at a neo-Nazi uh, punk rock venue, whatever. And all, all hell breaks loose with uh, the punk rock group trying to escape. And uh, the very, very conniving and very, very evil uh, Patrick Stewart's uh, leader character trying to get them out by any means necessary, by dogs, by his red lace soldiers. It's nuts, and it's very, very violent and dark and bleak, and 
It worked very, very well. I really liked the movie. Next up, number four is another one that I rewatched, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Second viewing, liked it even better than the first viewing. John Goodman, where is your Oscar? At least your Oscar nomination, because he was fantastic in this. Mary Elizabeth Winsett is great in this, and uh, this is a sequel to of sorts to the original Cloverfield, which I love. Another one of the found footage movies that I thought was fantastic. Um, I, I'll tell you what, this is um, one of those another slow burn type movie. They wouldn't have even had to have gone the route that they did towards the end to make it work, but because they did, um, that added uh, science fiction awesomeness uh, was um, was greatly appreciated, and I. I thought it was fantastic. I uh, I think that um, if you're a fan of science fiction, you owe it to yourself to watch this movie. Uh, it scratches the surface of horror, I guess. The mainly the horror would be found in the home and not home invasion, but just being trapped with a crazy person uh, in a bunker and. Uh, them being so controlling, that's the horror of the movie. And then we switched more to science fiction and then really tying things in with Cloverfield. But performances were great. The obviously not huge budget was uh, all the money was on the screen. I love the special effects, the ending. I can't wait to see the next one, which I, I've heard rumblings about this being set in outer space maybe next uh, on a space station or something, the third one. Now, don't quote me on that, but man, that's a good idea. Uh, bring it on. More Cloverfield, please. Okay, so that was number four. Number three. Okay, actually this one here I've only watched once, but um, uh, you know what? I might be the only person on earth, maybe, that thinks that this is close to being the best movie of the year, horror-wise. Uh, at least it hit number three for me, and that is Blair Witch. Adam Wingard's uh, sequel. Yeah, sequel. It's not a reboot. It's a sequel. Um, Simon Barrett wrote the movie. They're kind of a team deal. I love their movies, love their movies. And this is no exception. I don't care what anybody says. I think this works. This was, uh, basically taking things from the original, um, from the original Blair Witch Project and making it even scarier. Uh, we see all sorts of crazy stuff in the woods. The tension keeps getting ramped up. And the, again, the found footage stuff makes sense to me at least. Um, and I like how the witch is so much more prevalent in this movie. And how th this creature of sorts, I guess, man can manipulate the woods and time itself, um, be it night and day or the weather, whatever. I thought it was brilliant and so scary. The last 25 minutes of the movie are just nothing but just constant, uh, just ramping, ramped up tension and scares. And it works Great. I can't wait to watch that one again. That's going to probably be a yearly staple for me. Um, I don't care who doesn't like it or whatever. My biggest, cons my biggest complaint for the movie, honestly, was they shouldn't have, they shouldn't have said anything until like right before the release date of it and said, by the way, this isn't the woods. This is the Blair Witch. That would have been awesome if they could have kept it more of a secret instead of letting the cat out of the bag so early. Um, okay. Number two. Now, this is one that I just finished watching for a second time, and it had made my top ten, but it was farther down. In fact, their watching got swapped out for this for this one. This one here was actually number six, but upon a rewatch, I'm like, you know what? This is number two. I don't care. Uh, and that is uh, Jim Hoskins' The Greasy Strangler. 
uh, almost more divisive than American guinea pig aftershock, a bloodshock aftershock. Jesus, uh, this movie is undescribable. It's literally as undescribable. Basically, if there would be an alternate Earth light years away, um, and th they would be making movies on alternate Earth. Maybe this might be a movie that they would make because this is not of this planet. I've never seen anything like it. It is so bizarre and funny and gross and weird and nonsensical and beautiful. I loved it. Uh, Ronnie, uh, the, the synopsis is Ronnie runs a disco walking tour with his son Braden and a uh, on one of their tours, which usually consists of all of three people, being on this nothing tour, one of uh, there was a lady, and she she starts to fall in love with the son, kind of, and the dad is the greasy strangler who likes to drink grease and oil and run himself through car washes and um, walk around with his dong hanging out and things. It's so something. Um, I loved it. But again, this is one where I can't imagine you being like, eh, that was okay. I'm guessing that you either get this and love it or you're like, no, no, this is not me. But th th the closest thing I could compare it to is um, a trauma movie on crack with a hint of gummo, which I love gummo. But just smoosh those two into a greasy slimy thing that exists and uh, ingest it and let it rot in your guts. And that's the Greasy Strangler. Watch this movie. It's awesome. Number one is uh, one that I've watched twice now. And this one here actually, even on first viewing, I'm like, okay, this is something special. And then on second viewing, it sealed the deal. This is officially one that will not only be in my top 10 of the year, but will probably, not probably, will guaranteed climb my top 100 of all time movies. I could see this being in the upper ranks of that actually, and that is uh, Robert Eggers' The Witch, or The Vivitch, uh, New England Folktale. Uh, you know what? If you haven't seen this movie, run out and buy the Blu-ray, or I think it's streaming on Amazon Prime, so you can watch it for free. But... Um, the sense of evil and dread in this movie starts from the minute, the second the movie starts and does not let up until the completely insane ending. Acting across the board is phenomenal. You hate the family for the most part that are basically trapped in the wilderness and being hunted by something in the woods, a witch maybe. Um, but there is all sorts of black magic-y, witchy, uncomfortable things going on, including animals that just aren't quite right. One of which is Black Phillip, their, their goat, I guess. Uh, oh, the movie is so, so uncomfortable and so, it's not gory, but it's still so horrific. It's so incredibly horrific, and I loved it. The music reminds me of The Shining, actually. The pacing is, it's a slow-paced movie, but it's only, it's a 90-minute it's a movie, but... Even for its slow pacing, it flies by. Absolutely flies by. Um, you just have to see the movie. It's um, In the first 10 minutes, you pretty much know that they are 
doomed by a major scene that happens. And when we played this at the theater that I work at, there was uh, several walkouts right at that scene. And pretty much once you hit that scene, you'll know what I'm talking about. And uh, you'll know at that point if this is for you or if it's not. So great movie. The best movie of the year. Last year's best movie for me was The Revenant. And that still stands. I rewatched that one. And that is still the best movie of the year from last year. And the year before that was Under the Skin. So I think I'm on a pretty good roll here. I think that, at least for myself, I think my judgment's pretty good. Um, but, hey, what do you think? I would love to hear back from uh, anybody about my top 10 list or 10.5, whatever, and um, and see what you think. Uh, you can get a hold of me at eugene-weaver at hotmail.com or visit me on Facebook. You can find me on uh, Cinema Soft Underbelly on Facebook as well as Movie Freaks Facebook page where I write movie reviews every week along with my co-host, Eric Marner. Stay tuned for more episodes of Movie Freaks. We're going to be delving into our top 10 of the year here soon, uh, probably closer to Oscar season. Um, and that's going to be the whole gamut of movies, not just horror movies. So stay tuned for that. But hey, thanks so much for listening to me ramble on about my top 10. Uh, next episode, I'm going to probably be doing my uh, my worst of the year. And I don't want to crap too much on you know these movies because people did make these movies. But still, it's fun to make top 10 lists, especially movies that aren't good at all. And uh, I'll be bringing those to you very soon. So thanks again for listening and until next time.